Hello and welcome to Head Right Out. This is the podcast that will inspire you to head out of your comfort zone, do regular scary stuff in the outdoors and build your resilience as a result. In today's solo episode, I will be sharing in more detail about the three pillars of Head Right Out. Explore, challenge and observe. I'm going to talk about what they mean for me and what they mean for the podcast and Head Right Out as a business and ultimately what they mean for you. They have, after all, been written with you in mind and I know I'm not alone in the way my brain operates. I know there are billions of people, women in particular, who share the same fears and the same pain points as me. That's how I know that these pillars will speak to you as they have spoken to me. And I've got to say, I'm actually really excited about sharing them with you. My name is Zoe Langley-Wathen and I am so delighted to be here with you for my second solo episode. Now, for those of you who have been listening with me from the very beginning, you'll know how my solo episode got this unusual name. If you're new to Head Right Out, I'm sending you a warm, seasonal welcome and would encourage you to go back to listen to the earlier shows. There are now 11 episodes to fill you with motivation, emotion and hopefully move you to spark ideas on how you could make some changes to your own life. All it takes is the seed of an idea to blossom into a dream. Once a dream has embedded itself, it's a matter of you taking that first step towards making it a physical reality. It's really not as hard as you might imagine. And despite what you might think, and please, please trust me on this, I I have experience now in harvesting dreams, having fulfilled many dreams and challenges over the last 10 years. It really isn't as hard as you think. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the episode, I'll start with a request. And that's to ask you this. If by the end of the show, you're interested in what I've shared with you today, I'd love it if you would be kind enough to hit the follow button in your podcast app. I am so passionate about getting the Head Right Out message out there particularly to the midlife plus women who need to hear it. But I can't do that without you. I need you to follow, rate and review the show, please. And if you can share it with a friend, either by word of mouth or via your social media, then that would be even better. Write it down for them. Send it to them on WhatsApp or Messenger. Show them how to listen to a podcast. Not everybody knows how to do that. Just make sure they don't forget where to find Head Right Out. Make it easy for them. I don't pay for advertising. I'm currently not making any money from the podcast, though I may be looking into ways of funding the running of the show in order to be able to sustain it not too far into the near future. In fact, I've been very moved by all the positive feedback I've been receiving over the last few weeks, including unprompted requests from people about how they can financially support the podcast. These have come as a complete surprise to me, 
but serve to remind me of the value that many listeners have found in the show. To those people who have taken the time to give me that feedback, thank you. Really, thank you. Head Right Out will always remain free to listen to, but at some point I will need to ensure the running costs are met, and for the sake of my own sanity, I will look to cover my own time costs too. My current situation is that I blank out one day per week from working as a supply teacher in order to record and edit each show. In addition to my Head Right Out Tuesday, I spend numerous evenings, weekends and holidays working on keeping the show up and running. Editing, checking transcriptions, creating show notes and artwork. I also have to record and edit the extra Head Right Out moments and the Out Out episodes, which I'm still working on. This all takes time. A lot of time. And I'll be brutally honest with you, despite feeling a little ashamed of this, I guess, it's been at the expense of my other passion. Getting outside. The irony is not lost on me that Head Right Out which is predominantly about heading out of my comfort zone into the outdoors, particularly to keep my head right and healthy, as well as inspiring you to do the same, has served more to keep me indoors and tied to my desk. This is an area of my life that I am working to manage better in the coming year. Today is the 28th of December 2021, and as we're creeping ever closer to the end of the year, I know we're approaching that exciting start to a new year. There's always something so positive, reflective and and fresh about the turn of a new year, I feel. Though I don't know about you, but I also get this renewed sense of opportunity and eagerness at the beginning of every month too. It's like we're being offered a fresh chance every four weeks to rethink and adapt to new routines, change old habits for different more beneficial ways of living our lives. One of the big changes I've made to my routine in the past few weeks is is that I've begun to set my alarm for 5.30am. I'm washed, dressed and ready to sit at my desk by 6am to begin writing or editing. I'll do this regardless of holiday time or working week. If it's a working week, I have an hour and a half extra in my day to work on the podcast. And it's productive. It's not a time to check my emails, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. This is absolutely just for writing or editing, whichever needs doing. So far, so good. It's been working well. I've also set myself up with Google Calendar so I can be more intentional with my schedule, the timings of the day and specifically how they are used. It's colourful and it's visual and because of my many events being routine, I only have to input them once and then I can choose to have that as a recurring event, either daily, weekly or monthly. This means it saves time for me too because I'm not spending hours working on my weekly planner. That's a win-win, I'd say. It's such a positive step forward and to be honest, I don't feel like I'm losing out that time in bed. It's a beautifully peaceful time in the morning that is just for me. No one else, just for me, my thoughts and my work. Even if you are the biggest sloth in the morning, I would wholeheartedly recommend giving it a go. 
What habits or routines do you wish you could change? Is there something you could do to increase your productivity? Is there an opportunity you're missing out on because your mindset is stuck in a learned belief? I never thought I was a morning person, always believing myself to be a night owl. I certainly did not think I could rise at 5.30am, let alone get anything remotely intelligible written. But I've absolutely proved my mindset wrong. I challenge you to give it a go. Oh, and please let me know how you get on. If it's worked for you or if you've gone, yeah, no, that one's not for me. <laughs> now then, while I want to use these solo episodes to keep you in touch with what's going on in my world, I feel they should also be like a cement, the glue that sticks all of the other episodes together and solidifies the reasons and tools to help you get going on your own journey to head right out. Besides, if you follow me on Instagram stories, you'll see exactly what's going on in my world, particularly with my life on the canal. It's possible that I'll bring out more solo episodes than I first anticipated too. This is something I've been considering. Originally, I'd thought that one solo episode per season would be enough. But there are so many things I'd love to talk to you about that you might actually be interested in too, or may even be pertinent to your own situation, such as my current personal experience of perimenopause, managing care days of elderly parents, becoming a grandparent myself, planning for an adventure, or the conundrum of packing a rucksack. Do let me know what you think. If these are topics you'd love to hear more about, I'll aim to create shortish, half hourish solo episodes on each. If I never hear about what you want, I can't tailor head right out to what you want or need it to be. You can find me on any of the socials. I'm at Head right Out on all of them. Or you can email me, zoe at headrightout.com. On to the main focus then for today's solo episode, the three pillars of Head Right Out. While these are the pillars that keep me steering Head Right Out in the right direction, they also keep me, myself, heading in the right direction too. In my view, they are, or at least they could be, the focal points for every person's journey into a new, motivated and inspired life to try something different on a regular basis. Let's forget for a moment that my target audience for the podcast is midlife plus women. These pillars can be used by anyone of any identity and any age. This is your opportunity to choose a new way of looking at things, to give yourself the chance to consider, plan and implement a route into adventurous living. Sound scary? Perfect. <laughs> That's just what I want to hear. Stick around then, listen on, and fingers crossed there might be a few gems for you. Those three pillars of Head Right Out, again, are explore, challenge, and observe. Nothing more complex than that. For the eagle-eyed among you, you'll have noticed that they spell out the word ECO. So that's an easy little acronym to help you remember it. 
Let me explain and talk you through my thoughts that have rooted these pillars into my psyche and into Head Right Out. I have to tell you, I pondered for months about what these should be, but I finally arrived at these foundations earlier this year because I know they reflected utterly what I've been through and what I still go through now every single time I face a new adventure, outdoor project or challenge. I've allowed them time to seed and grow and just develop in my heart and in my approach to head right out. What I've come to believe is that if I am facing them, then I am in no doubt that many other people will be too. But they're not to be feared. No, 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 no. no. On the contrary, they are there to be utilised. They are here to act as reminders and guides to live that best life you've been yearning for. Let's take a closer look. Explore. The first one, explore. This is the idea stage. It's that stage which you're in when you know things need to change in your life, but you haven't got the foggiest how to do that or with what adventure even. You may never have adventured before. You might not know where to start. This is where you can give yourself permission to sit down and take some time to ponder, to research and to explore all the options open to your budget, time constraints, your location and your ability. Now, please don't forget that that last point regarding ability isn't a non-negotiable factor. Unless, of course, you have a condition or a disability that absolutely prevents you from participating in certain activities, usually training or instruction with a third party or self-teaching, i.e. learning as you go, is sufficient. So don't let the ability one put you off. You might want to join some adventure type Facebook groups, as you'll often get ideas and inspiration from others in each of the online communities you'll find yourself in. I can honestly say that in the majority of the groups you choose, you'll always feel supported if you need to ask any questions about your ideas. Groups I can personally recommend include the Tough Girl Tribe, though you do need to be a $5 or above Patreon subscriber to Tough Girl Podcast to join. There's the Yes Tribe and Adventure Queens and Love Her Wild, and they've all got location-specific subgroups of the main group. So for me, I'm in South Wales, so there is a South Wales group, say, for the Adventure Queens. Oh, and not forgetting my own Facebook group, of course, Head Right Out Hub. Make a list, or even better, and this is always my go-to when I'm in the explore stage, a spider diagram. Use it to record all the activities that make you buzz, fizzle or wide-eyed with excitement. Or jot down on the spider diagram all the activities that you've always wanted to have a go at but have never been brave enough to carry through far enough to be able to add it to your dead chuffed because I've done it list. If you've never created a spider diagram before or a mind map as they're sometimes called, try it. I find it's really, really helpful to organise my thoughts. And actually, it's a fun tool 
to revisit at a later date when you're back to looking for inspiration again or just wanting to see how far you've progressed. How do you do it? Literally find the words that mean something to you. The words that represent your need and then write them in the centre of an A4 page or in a lovely notebook. Take it from me. The notebook you're less likely to lose and more likely to be able to come back to in a year or so. The words could be something like, one day, or um, always wanted to, or activities to do, or even activities worthy of love. Just be creative. Then draw a bubble cloud, a circle or a starburst around those words to highlight them. From those words in the centre, now draw a line or arrow branching outwards with an activity that connects to those words and connects with you. And you can do that along or at the end of the line. Keep adding arrows and writing as many down as pop into your head, leading from that centre cloud. Sometimes you'll feel so inspired that you'll be scribbling down loads furiously, afraid that you're going to forget something. Other times you might struggle to think of many things or indeed anything. This is where it can be a good idea to sit down with a like-minded friend, acquaintance or tap into your online tribe. That's where those Facebook groups come into their own. Be aware this is not always your nearest and dearest. Those close to you will sometimes unwittingly squish those dreams of one day I'd love to, dot, 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 you fill in the blanks. Simply because they cloud your dreams with their own opinion of what they think you should or could be doing instead. I've found Pinterest to be a great source of adventure ideas too. And the Royal Geographical Society has numerous videos of explorers, adventurers and everyday peeps like me, just saying, (laughs) giving talks about their expeditions and challenges. It might spark a little idea for you too. Once you've created a collection of possible ideas, you can begin to search online for websites and Facebook groups and expedition providers who offer information, advice, events and trips in these specific areas. This time of exploring is a fallow time. It's a little like the winter time for an agricultural farmer or a gardener. It's a time of preparation of the land, paving the way for what will come in the future. But in this case, it's not crops. It's sowing beautiful idea seeds in readiness for possible germination into an actual challenge or adventure. By the time you've investigated the nuts and bolts of your potential idea, you may be feeling the fire of excitement in your belly, or indeed fear itself. Please don't worry about the latter. If you're feeling scared, that's perfectly normal. I still feel apprehension, sometimes anxiety, and I sometimes can be totally scared of the unknown. But trust me though, you have begun to grow, even from that beginning step of heading right out into this explore stage. Feeling the fear of not being able to pull this off, but having a go anyway, making the attempt to head right out, 
is so good for you. It's great for your well-being. It's great for your personal relationships and even your work life. It benefits you and it benefits everyone else around you. So the second pillar is challenge. How will your challenge happen? This is the hardest stage where ideally you are bringing the concept into a reality. It's also the point at which many people will stall, just simply feeling unable to go any further because they don't know what to do next or how to get there. I know it sounds strange, but the hardest part of any challenge, adventure or expedition is never usually taking the first steps out on the trail, closing the front door behind you or setting your bum on the bike to cycle off into the sunset. No, the hardest part is the planning It's the preparation and it's the fundamentals to how you are going to make this idea actually work. Once you've figured this out and organised and planned whatever you need to, without over planning, of course, everything else will just fall into place. And what doesn't fall into place, for whatever reason, you will soon realise that you really do have the skills to figure out a solution. Trust. I'm going to say it again. Trust. That's a powerful word. Trusting and believing in your own ability to work things out and find solutions is another part of the beneficial learning that takes place. And it was actually something that Belinda Kirk talked about in last week's episode on the benefit of adventure to our well-being. Many of the amazing women I've had head right out conversations with since the birth of the podcast have also remarked emphatically on this, that the journey of being outside in challenging conditions has enriched their lives. Not once have they told me that they returned from an adventure with complaints that it was so tough they hated it. They may not want or need to do it again because it's been done now or it may have been expensive to undertake but the benefits to them will be felt for years to come. And it could be that for you too. The time you need to organise this challenge will, of course, depend on what you have opted to do. In addition, there will be some people who prefer to fly by the seat of their pants, so to speak, by planning very little and instead jumping in and figuring it all out as they go. Episodes that talk about this method include Nahala Summers, episode 9, and Steffi Boone, episode 7. In fact, Nahala talks about her being blessed with blind optimism, something which I aspire to but find myself often planning out of the equation without even realising that I'm doing it. Both Steffi and Nahala have experienced many positive adventures as a result of planning little and taking the diving in headfirst approach. On the flip side, Setting about organising a challenge can also be a methodical and cathartic approach, much in the way Julia Goodfellow-Smith talks about in episode two and in her book, Live Your Bucket List. If the blind optimist approach scares you too much for words, then perhaps taking a leaf out of Julia's book, or just buying it as one page won't be much use, that might be a good place to start. I think that's the way my brain works. I like 
to work everything out on paper and see it in front of me for me to assess what will and won't work. It's just the way I am and I like that. Certainly as the years have progressed, I'm able to embark on a challenge with much less planning these days and that's down to experience in knowing how I respond to situations. I guess it comes back down to that word again, trust. Having that belief in yourself, trusting that will only come once you've proved to yourself you can do this. Figure out a budget for your challenge. Make sure you have the funds to make it work or at least that you have access to a contingency pot in the event that you run out of money. How are you going to travel to and from the start point? Do you need a friend or family member to come with you or will you take public transport? Do you need to have a printed timetable or taxi phone number in your bag for your return? Oh my gosh, so often I've reached the end point of an adventure and I'm unable to access any information on my phone. As invariably, trails often seem to start and finish in remote locations. And you know what that means. Little or no 4G. Perhaps a couple of email addresses or phone numbers of people you can call upon should you need support wouldn't go amiss. These are all things that when I've been planning a challenge, I've just found reassuring to have, even if I've not needed them. Think about what kit you'll need. If you're planning a long-distance walk, there's a free PDF guide on my website, headrightout.com, that may be of use to you. If you're planning another type of challenge, YouTube is obviously a great place to get video reviews of kit and advice. The Great Outdoors magazine and other similar publications are also good for up-to-date kit reviews. And you know that those reviews are going to be given to you by people who are respected in their field for their expertise and their knowledge of the products. Don't forget too, you can go back to those Facebook groups and ask the people there what they use. You'll get a fabulous thread of differing opinions from people who mostly are used to using this stuff. You can filter through what you think is going to be needed and what's not needed in terms of advice. Recommendations I've seen include everything from a well-fitting pair of walking trousers needed for plus-size women to the best option of box to pack up a bicycle as cargo on an aeroplane. You want to know anything? You just have to ask and someone, somewhere, will offer you advice or steer you in the direction of somebody else who does know. If I'm walking a long-distance trail, I'll usually buy a small trail guide like a Cicerone guide or trailblazer book. These help me as I'll pop post-it notes throughout where there's notable things for me to look out for and I might pencil in the margins anything specific I need to remember here. I'm guessing it goes without saying to make sure you've left some idea of where you'll be heading for and roughly when you might be back. Leave that with a friend or family member. The guidebook and then any maps that you need to take will help you assess the time that you're going to be away. And there's courses you can go on if you need extra or a refresher of your navigation skills, as I've recently done myself with my map reading in the Brecon Beacons and gaining a bronze national accreditation. I'm looking forward to working towards my silver certificate in the new year. If you're planning to take part in an activity 
that you have little knowledge of. Read up about it. If you need training, for example, you're embarking on a cycle tour and you've never ridden a bike, then find someone to teach you how to ride. I know it sounds obvious, but you know this is all part of the experience and the journey. You might even want to learn the basics of bike maintenance. However, I've known many people that have gone on cycle trips in far-flung places, not knowing how to change a tyre or mend a puncture. For them, it's one of those cross that bridge when you get to it moments and just learn as you go. For me, nowadays, I know I could muster up plans for an adventure in a week or two if I needed to. Depends what it is, I guess, but for a long-distance walk, certainly a couple of weeks. Ten years ago, it would have taken me somewhere in the region of six months. Some of that was because I had a 16-year-old and I had to ensure she was going to be supported at home if she needed it. And you may, of course, have younger children or grandparent duties, animals to be looked after or elderly parents requiring care. You may even need a longer planning period in order to save or raise the funds in order for the challenge to take place. There is always something that can be done to make your dream happen, however. Remember that so often the obstacles that confront us are our own barriers that we've put in the way due to the fear of the unknown. Try to enjoy the process of figuring out how you're going to make this challenge happen and learn to have belief in yourself, trust in yourself. If you don't, then just try to trust that your ability to cope will come. And it will come with the experience of undertaking the adventure. So the third And final pillar is observe. Now this is the best bit. Observing means experiencing and also includes your personal debrief once the challenge is done. Memories are made of this, as are a multitude of learning experiences to boot. Some will, of course, be fleeting and easily forgotten, while others will be etched permanently into your world, ensuring there's no doubt that you'll ever forget. It's unlikely that any venture will go according to plan 100%. There's usually something that crops up. At the time, it can feel like a complete disaster and you wonder how you'll ever get round it or deal with it, whatever it is. Often these end up as being the most memorable moments, though, even if they were laced with pain and fear, tears and tantrums at the time. It's what we call type two fun. It was probably not fun at the time, but we look back on it with fond memories and it adds a storytelling quality to our adventure that would give any Disney film an added level of excitement. Take a camera or use your smartphone to record visual moments. You may even wish to record audio along the way for posterity, or just to recap later, particularly if you think you may want to write about your experience. Sometimes writing about an adventure might not even be in your initial plans. It certainly wasn't in mine when I think back to my preparations for walking the whole of the southwest coast path. It's not until after the event, or sometimes during, when you realise what a profound impact 
it's having or has had on you. That's when you realise that you may have ignited the passion to author your first memoir, or it may have inspired the skeleton of your first novel. There's many authors who use travel, adventures and challenges to use in their fiction writing. And Joanna Penn is one such author that springs to mind. You can find her as a podcast host too, on the Creative Pen podcast and her books and travel podcast. I like to use a trail guidebook, as mentioned previously, to help remind me of incidents and memorable points and learning experiences of what not to do next time. Circling areas on a map or underlining a section in the guidebook can serve as a little reminder. Observing is all about taking on board the good bits, the not so good bits and learning from the whole episode. From observing, we can then begin to trust our instincts and our capabilities. You are likely to find yourself using skills and confidence acquired on your challenge in your everyday life too, even at work. I suddenly found I was more readily agreeable to standing in front of school staff at a meeting to talk to them and enjoyed the challenge of sharing my adventures in front of a couple of hundred students and staff at a time. It's amazing how much confidence an adventure can instil in you. Personally, I like to keep a diary when I'm on a trail or adventure. Now, I may not write long form in the logbook as I'm often too tired at the end of a hot or soaking wet day consisting of 20 miles of hills, rocks, bogs and blisters. However, even if I only have a couple of pages of bullet points, that coupled with my photographs, the map and the guidebook, it's usually enough to trigger plenty of memories and enough that I can then write about it in a fuller, more descriptive way afterwards. Try not to fall into the trap of forgetting to complete the final day of your diary. It's the one that I've missed out so many times because my routine has suddenly been cut short. I'm no longer in my tent, tucked into my sleeping bag, drinking tea, writing a few notes by torchlight. I'm home. I'm full of the celebrations of having completed the challenge, or at least full of the smugness of having achieved something I'd previously thought out of reach, even if the celebrations aren't there. If left for more than a day or so, it can be hard to go back and record authentically how you were feeling in the moment and what you experienced. The moment's gone. Anna Huffmaker talks about this with me, actually, in episode eight, and that's really worth a listen. All the while, during your personal debrief time, ask yourself things like, what have I learned? What have I achieved that I thought impossible? How did I manage and solve problems? What was my biggest learning? What can I take through into my daily routine? How confident do I feel to embark on another challenge? What would I do differently? What have I learned about this that I could share with others? Don't forget, you're the expert now. You've done it. Have I surprised myself? And probably one of the most important, how much fun have I had? I'd be very surprised if the answer to the last question was little to no fun. As mentioned previously, there are adventures where you can put yourself in the most gruelling conditions 
often weather-related, physical pain or psychological endurance. But you still come back having had the best time of your life. And you wonder on earth how that's possible. (laughs) The benefit to keeping a written diary or an audio or video journal is that you can record the answers to many of these questions and more while actually in the moment, en route. It's these powers of observation that teach us to trust ourselves and build on our skills. So there we have it. The three pillars of Head Right Out. Explore, challenge and observe. I'm sure there are so many things I've missed out of these summaries, but that's all they are. They're summaries. I've tried to capture my thoughts and the purpose behind selecting these foundations for Head Right Out. No doubt over time they'll develop and that's another reason for recording this episode today and sharing with you. I'm making myself openly accountable to you as my listeners for how I approach Head Right Out at the same time as hopefully giving you an insight into how this method of planning has worked for me over the years. As a 50-year-old woman myself, I no longer feel that 50 is over the hill, as I used to think. I realise now that that's a mindset that we have to work on maintaining and that talking to so many captivating midlife women since September, it's already serving its purpose of keeping me on the head right out train and inspiring others to do the same. When things begin to get tough throughout your life, even if you're not currently planning an adventure, why not bring this eco method into play? Life is, after all, a great adventure, full of its ups and its downs, its challenges and its triumphs. Why not take some time to explore what opportunities are open to you in your life, how you can make the challenges work for you with a little planning and belief in yourself? And with a daily or weekly journal, you could observe the impact it has on your routine and open up further doors for you to adapt and grow. Eco. Explore, challenge and observe. Enjoy making magical inroads into your best life. Making time and space to feel uncomfortable. Take risks and challenge yourself to head right out using my explore, challenge and observe method. Make it part of your own ecosystem and before you know it it'll become habit okay well that's it for another solo episode please let your friends know about head right out share your favorite episode with them and take a few minutes to rate and review the podcast It lets me know that what I'm doing is reaching you and making a difference. And that's all I've ever wanted to do, is to be able to make a difference in other people's lives. Having observed in my debrief of the last 15 years, I think actually that's why I stepped into teaching. I hope this episode will give you the structure and imagination to consider what you might be able to achieve in 2022. Wishing you all a peaceful and healthy new year. Stay well, 
stay happy and head right out hugs to you all. Mwah.